Black excellence is breaking the glass ceiling. Don't be afraid to reach outside the box. Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest. Today's guest is Kalila Smith. Kalila, say hello to the world. How's it going? <laughs> uh, so excited for our audience. We have a great story in, uh, in store for you all today. Uh, Miss Kalila Smith. I don't even want to tip my hand about it. Uh, I just been reading about it. And so I'm excited as the audience should be about hearing your story. Um, it's dope. I'll say that <laughs> to lead in, but we'll get into that shortly. We always start off our podcast with a very simple but loaded question of who is our guest. So who is Khalila Smith? A lot of people take me as um, kind, caring, you know, just in the city, Detroit, grown, born and raised type of girl. I do like to walk around barefoot, so we do have that one. But just <laughs> city girl with country ways, pretty much. That's who I am, in and out. Mm. City girl with country ways. What? Uh, so, you know, whenever we do this podcast, we have somebody from Detroit. I have to ask, what side of Detroit did you come up on? <laughs> born and raised on the west side. Oh, sorry about that. East side all day. <laughs> we won't hold that against you. You still, we still have some dynamic people who come from the West side. We do, we do, we do. All right. And so you've had uh, quite uh, a career in terms of your schooling. I, I would be remiss to not mention your college. S squared has to love that, the college that you attend. So Tell the world the college you attended and give us a little background about your college experience. All right. So I attended Michigan State University, graduated class of 2021 with the animal science degree. And honestly, Michigan State was some of the best times, some of the lowest times in my life. But honestly, I came mm. out with the, the best opportunities that anybody could ever have coming out of college. So. Mm-hmm. I took away some things and I, you know, I left some things behind, but I took one major thing off the table, which was rodeo coming out of Michigan State. Yeah, rodeo. All right. And so that's where we're going ahead with this. So tell us what got you into rodeo? All right. So back in the day when I was a kid, I was I was the heathen of the family. We're just going to say that. <laughs> um, so I, I had a little bit of trouble growing up and finally mm. came out that I was diagnosed with ADHD. So mm. my mom tried to figure out any and everything to get me into, to get rid of that energy and keep me focused in class. So mm. I've gone through snowmobiling, basketball playing. Um, I ran around with my brother's football team and nothing, nothing worked. So she took mm. the love that I had for animals and the love that I needed to get out just and mesh them together. So we ended up going into horses. Mm -hmm. So immediately after spending time cleaning horse stalls, riding horses, just brushing them and getting that connection and bond, I 
kind of clicked and she seen mm. that taking me off the medication and bonding me with the horses led me to getting A's and going through school and actually being attentive in school. So that's wow. pretty much where my horse loving passion came from. And then my need for speed came out and we quickly found out that I, I wanted to go about 50, 40, 40 to 50 miles an hour on a horseback. We just, <laughs> we just love doing that. So that's pretty much where rodeo came for me. Um, I was introduced to my trainer, Keith Morrell, by way of, um, you know, how we meet up and everybody's born and raised in Detroit. He was born and raised in Detroit. He rode for over 30 years with him and his family. They rodeoed and he pretty much took me under his wing. And that's mm. where it all started. And I stuck with it ever since high school. I went to Michigan State doing it. One of the only black people walking around the club, but it didn't stop me from pursuing something I love. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so, so much awesomeness there. So shout out to mom. What age were you when uh, mom um, turned you on to the horses? Nine to 10, I believe. So I was, I was, mm -hmm. I think I was nine, just turned coming into 10. Okay. Wow. Uh, what schools did you attend in Detroit? Oh, geez. I didn't attend any Detroit <laughs> public schools. My mom gave okay. up on that ambition when my brother was a kid. So I went mm. to a bunch of um, out-of-city schools. So still not mm. better. Um, I went to Redford for elementary okay. school. And then no longer are they a thing. I went to Inkster Public Schools for a while. Oh, yeah, she she Wait thought Inkster was, Inkster was a little bit better than Detroit at the time. <laughs> no, I taught there. When did you go there? I went to Baylor Woodson. Jeez, um, my brother graduated in 08. So I was in Baylor Woodson from 2006, seven. And then mm -hmm. I went to Blanchett um, along those lines mm -hmm. once he graduated. Um, so 08, 09. Okay. I was in, did you ever go to Inkster the high? No, no. Oh, okay. They yeah, they I remember all my Insta babies. So, your, did <laughs> your brother go to the high school? Yeah. Yep. Who was the brother? Marvin Smith played football okay. with Grady Ward. Mm, what, what year did he come out? He might have been before me. Oh eight. Okay, I think I had just arrived in 07, So, don't remember him. Yeah. Some of my colleagues may remember him uh, as well. And you know, Sean, uh, my producer also taught at Inkster High School. That's okay. kind of wild. I don't know if you knew that before we got on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Inkster uh, Public Schools in terms of the middle school and then off to where? Um, Where did I go after Inkster? I believe I went to Melvindale after Inkster. So I stayed in Melvindale mm. for about three, four years out there. So um. Yeah. Didn't quite get along with people after they figured out I rode horses. It wasn't quite the meshing, <laughs> wasn't quite the meshing uh, <laughs> crowd to be around. So my mom pulled me from Melvindale and we ended up going to Belleville. So I graduated from Belleville High. Um, and that was more of a pace that I needed to be around people that mm -hmm. actually had the same experiences and the same family culture as I did as far as the farm work and the farm life. So mm -hmm. A little bit better of a scene for me so man your story is wild to me i mean <laughs> grew up on the west side of detroit which is really a city mm -hmm. and your mom is doing things to try to try to find something that you're into right to channel your energy in a positive way and she finds 
horse horsing, which is really a rural yep. thing, and you kind of bounce around with that. When you were in high school, were you thinking college? Um, no, actually, mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. the academic kid. I was the <laughs> I was more of the you get what you get type kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I became more of the academic academic kid maybe sophomore year. But at that time, mm-hmm. I had ended up, mom ended up pulling me from Melvindale. So I became mm-hmm. that you get what you get again, kid. But um, wow. senior year, I believe, um, my trainer and my mom got together and said, you're going somewhere. I don't care where you mm-hmm. go, but you're getting out of here type thing. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided Michigan State came to Belleville for application day. And at that time, mm-hmm. they did application day. And if you submitted your application and didn't get accepted, you could do an interview on site. Their extension people came down and do interview on site. So I didn't get accepted by grade. So when he called me into the office, he said, um, what happened here? Because at that time, grades had dropped. And then towards senior year, that's when it rose again. But I'm, I was kind of like, you know, at that time, it was it was just a, a balancing act between just life and school trying to figure out who I am and trying to get along with kids who necessarily didn't see the same, I would say the same levels as I did as far as how I enjoyed being outdoors compared to how Melvindale kids kind of was in the streets and they're doing Mm -hmm. everything else that just didn't align with what I love to do. So Mm. he understood that when it was going right into it. Yeah. Oh man, and uh, uh, so many questions are popping up in my head. <laughs> so I just can imagine the challenges that you are experiencing as a young black female. You got your black friends that don't get it. Then what kind of challenges, if any, did you face with a predominantly white field and you're the one black person there uh, attempting to do what's typically done by white people? So I didn't face um, as much prejudice or anything coming into Belleville because Belleville is pretty much a mixed community. If you ever Mm. go into Belleville High or any of Belleville schools, they're pretty diverse and majority Black, honestly, Mm. if you take a look at it. Um, But I did run into a few issues where uh, back in Melvindale, where it was majority white or they were um, Arab American, um, Mexican American, different pots of different places and it's just like Mm. what are you doing with the horse like why do you have a horse like (laughs) and then before I even told them that I had a horse they would never have known I wore my boots to school every day but as soon as I told them I had a Mm. horse they started paying attention to me wearing my boots to school they're like you stink you smell like horse I'm like you never would have known five days ago that I would Mm. so yeah I didn't stink five days ago (laughs) yeah it became a little bit of a, a bullying aspect when it came to me riding horses so Mm. at that point once I got to high school I was pretty much the kid I didn't need designer clothes they were walking around with $1,200 pants shoes hats backpacks I'm like I don't care I'm walking around with my brother's hoodie that has a hole in it from three years ago some pants that might have a hole in it for me riding my horse and my cowboy boots and that was enough for Mm. me pretty much so I didn't get the racial bullying. I pretty much got the you're black and you have a horse. Like, what what do you think you're doing type bullying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's 
pretty much how I ended out high school is with that type of relationship with my horse. Like just trying to mm. get people that look like me to understand where I come from was the biggest thing that I tried to graduate with. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's coming though. It's an awesome story. I can't wait for people to hear your story. It's, it's, it's going to impact so many people. And this is really just the beginning of the telling of it um, from Dripping in Black. But so you 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 uh, get into horses at a young age. You start going uh, and working with those horses from middle school on through the high school. When do you feel like, because, um, you know, the audience don't know yet, but you're pretty good. When do you know you're good? Um, I actually don't. Honestly, that's mm. that's the hardest thing about me is I'm really hard on myself. And that's the conversation mm. I just had maybe yesterday with a friend here. Honestly, I went into a crash course, as my trainer would say, because he was trying mm. to nail so much information into me at mm. one moment to be competitive, to be because his kids were all mm. graduating out of the competition life for that age group. So he wanted me to be as competitive as I can be. And I've broken down a few times. Like I can honestly say it was hard because mm -hmm. it was, it was so much that so many other people have grown up doing that he was trying to push within two years onto me. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't mm -hmm. doing it maliciously or anything. He just wanted mm -hmm. to see me succeed. So mm -hmm. it's, it's still a point now where I'm like, you never stop learning. Mm -hmm. I honestly you never like the saying in the western world is if you have a trainer and they don't have a trainer for their trainer you need to find a new trainer because at the end of the day mm -hmm. that trainer if he doesn't have a trainer for himself and his trainer doesn't have a trainer they don't want to mm -hmm. learn they're done learning mm -hmm. and there's always mm -hmm. something that can be learned so is there a feeling of so you said you almost broke down is there a feeling of feeling like overwhelmed by all the information, what's what's at the core of this um, this pressure you're feeling? Yeah, so I, I when I had my breakdowns, it's pretty much of why didn't I grow up knowing these things? Why didn't I mm -hmm. grow up being able to go to the state fairs? I've only been the Detroit State Fair, the Michigan State Fair that was down on um, what is it? Uh, state Fair, State <laughs> Fair Street, right down, <laughs> yeah. right on Woodward. Yeah, I've only been there one time and the next year okay. it closed. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like, I don't have, I never had the opportunities of doing the 4-H and the FFA and showing cattle and horses like most kids do that grow up in the country. They took mm -hmm. that away at a young age. They took that away and Detroit no longer has that. So you have mm -hmm. kids that no longer are able to see those aspects of life and say, hey, I might want to do this when I get older. So I didn't, so meeting with all these kids and all these groups of people that are like, hey, I grew up showing horses. I grew up rodeo and I grew up just in that way of life. It's like me trying to push myself there, but I know I can't because they have the head start that I'm trying to catch up to. So mm -hmm. that's where, that's where most of the breakdowns come from. Cause it's like, I know I can't be at the same level as them as quick as them because they had it all their life. So I'm trying to make sure I can get there as well as making mm -hmm. sure other kids below me are also getting there because what is Detroit showing them besides mm -hmm. go to school, yeah. go to work, 
and then maybe you go to basketball, football, yeah. if you're lucky. I, I would say our culture is, is, is at a point where we got to, you know, we got to build that within our culture. Um, there's more to to life than than you know what we've been exposed to so kind of opening up opening up our kids to all these that's one of the greatest things as a teacher that I want to be able to do with my students is to expose them to the multiple things that are out there and there's something out there for each and every one of us to find our niche and so if our kids could just get exposed to those things and not feel like that they have to you know limit themselves to what they've seen around them right it's kind of typically what we do you know if my if my mom or my aunt is a nurse then i typically become a nurse or a police officer or you know those things and there's other things out there that that may be in alignment with what that kid really likes to do right and that's the thing i never knew i would have loved like to ride horses until my mom put the mm. two things together I would have never yeah. been that this world. I would have never met the people I've met along the lines if those two yeah. puzzle pieces hadn't been put together. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a history teacher. Just an awesome thing to think about how one decision changes so much. Right. And in, in, in our lives and in the course of history. All right. But let's get to your because you, you're Sean might call you being humble. You know, I think it's a, a certain level of authenticity there, but I, I want you to brag a little bit because you have accomplished quite a bit, even with um, the late start, you know, that you had. So let's talk about some of your accomplishments, beginning with uh, MSU, Michigan State. Right. So coming into Michigan State, um, I didn't know what I was going to do, honestly. I went in blindsided and... Mm -hmm. What the one thing I did know was I wanted to join the rodeo team. Like I, I was going to be a part of rodeo no matter what. So I joined the rodeo club, sat there for a few meetings, and then the rodeo coach elbowed me and said, "You're, we're gonna put you in the rodeo queen competition." Mm -hmm. So looking at her, this is, I'm shy. Don't talk to anybody. I'm like, yeah, right. My mom even looked at her phone twice and sideways when I told her, "Hey." we're going to run for a rodeo queen competition. She's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So I ended up running the first year. I didn't win. Like I said, I, I was not the outgoing kid. I mm -hmm. barely wanted to talk to you if you were in my mm -hmm. circle. Mm -hmm. So that was a little bit of a rough one, but it, it drove me. It kind of lit a fire under the Kindle that I didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. And we ended up going for the second year. And I ended up becoming Michigan State 2018 Miss Rodeo Michigan State. And it was nice, but then mm -hmm. it set in. Someone tapped me on the shoulder. It's like, you know, you're the first person of color to hold this title. Mm, wow. And it was like, oh, so that's when mm -hmm. newspapers and everything, I had mm -hmm. about 20 interviews one day and they were like, mm -hmm. the first black Miss Michigan State Rodeo Queen. Mm -hmm. And it was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. But it dawned on me that why hadn't that been done? Mm. So that yeah. that's what took that's what took into key with me. And then I looked around and when I talked to my peers when I had my crown, I got to talk to Michigan State pulled me from every way. And mm. I got to talk to a lot of extension kids. I talked to the incoming class of 2018 freshmen um, prospects. 
And I'm like, hey, why don't you step, why don't you guys step into fields that are not really populated with people of color, African-Americans? They like, because mm-hmm. we don't see ourselves there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's where I took my Radio Queen title and I'm like, I got you. Yeah. That's when I was like, I'm going to step on this podium and I'm going to be the punching bag, whatever. I'm, mm. If you don't want to be in the spotlight, I'll take that first thing. And so you can come along and be like, hey, I've seen someone yeah. do it. I can do it as well. Yeah. H- having just met you today, I feel like you were kind of built for it just by the way you're telling your story, because you really didn't have a, a group to fit in. Right. You, you you had no place to fit in and you had to be comfortable with that. And so I think that that provides you with what you need to go into a role where there is no representation, right? The other people you talk to, they're looking for somebody to, to, to emulate themselves after. But a person that steps into the role that you did where there's no representation has to be comfortable with not having a group per se that they fit in right exactly what do you think about that that that's exactly right because mm-hmm. even though i was in the rodeo club i rarely hung out with the people in rodeo club like yeah. if we want to be all honest like i i didn't the kind of stories they can tell the jokes that they can crack i didn't fit in the lines of those I didn't fit in the lines of the lifestyles. It just, it didn't mesh together well when I was around them. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, I was there. I tried Mm -hmm. to get other people from Michigan State to join, but it's just like, they felt that same push to where it was like, they were just there. Like people would talk Mm -hmm. to you and everything. People are really friendly, but it's just like, you know, in your heart, like you're like, two things that don't go together like magnets <laughs> they, they just start repelling so it's just like we have mm-hmm. rodeo in common but other than that it was hey yeah. here hey there pretty much mm-hmm. talk to me so i know very little about rodeo what what's rodeo <laughs> all right so rodeo is a sport in the agricultural way of life they call it the western way of life It's basically a bunch of events that have been put together from many different aspects of ranch life, pretty much. Um, So in rodeo, depending on what organization you're running with, you can have up to maybe eight or nine events. And that includes their typical bull riding, bronc riding. You have ladies barrel racing. You have tie down, calf roping, which is you have it's on the side of the arena where the cowboy has to rope a calf, get down and tie him, which mm-hmm. is pretty much like doctoring a calf on the ranch. That's how most people mm-hmm. doctor calves on the ranch. And mm-hmm. then you have um, team roping, which is th- another way of doctoring calves on the ranch. And then you have steer wrestling, which if you did not know, steer wrestling was created by a black man. I mean, yeah. You're going to have me digging up stuff. I'm a history teacher, but I'm always learning and i'm always excited about black history as well do you know his yeah. name bill pickett okay oh, i might have heard that one before okay yep so he he um started the steer wrestling as a way of because he couldn't catch this one cow so he started a way of 
just biting the cow on his upper lip, flipping him. And that's how he was able to doctor on that calf. <laughs> so they turned it into steer wrestling, in which we had to stay wow. on rodeo. So, wow. I'm sorry. We, we're always at the forefront of these things. You know, our history just is not um, shared as it should be, but mm-hmm. that's an aside. All right. So you're at the rodeo. What are you doing? <laughs> so, depending on what end I am on, as a rodeo queen, I'm the ambassador of rodeo. So I'm pretty much the face that comes and talks to the spectators and say, hey, if you don't understand something, talk to me. I'm a pretty much a walking walking encyclopedia when it comes to rodeo. So it's like, hey, if you want to know something, ask me. If you want to know why a certain event is going a certain way or why a ref mm-hmm. called the flag or why the cowboy had to do a, um, a no time, just talk. Like it's, it's me connecting with the stands and making sure that they're comfortable with what's going on. And then mm. also on the other end, when I'm carrying flags, I'm promoting sponsors. I'm making sure that their business gets out in front of people, making sure that, you know, their flag goes around the arena. Even if I'm sitting in the arena, I'm helping stock contractors make sure the show goes on, pushing the cattle out of the arena. And then if mm. I'm outside of a rodeo in general, no rodeo, I'm doing community events, going out and volunteering, mm. um, hanging out with kids. You know, just just being the community face to merge the two together. And then yeah. not in crown and banner, I barrel race and I'm starting to learn how to rope. So mm. that's my two sides of the arena right there. OK, so the queen side, you have this little shy kid from West Side Detroit out here promoting and answering questions to the to the masses. <laughs> Oh, I'm not shocked anymore. So... They, they broke me out of that one. <laughs> oh, okay. So you broke out of your shyness. <laughs> yeah, they okay. broke me yeah. out of that one. I was going to say, that's an interesting duality to have to be kind of, because, you know, like they say, like Beyonce is really a shy person, but then, mm-hmm. of course, she's Beyonce, right? So that's kind of yeah. what the, the vision I was having. All right. So the queen thing you get now, the shyness yeah, they... is gone. Yeah. The the thing you said you you do on the other side, did you say barreling? I do barrel racing, yes. What's that? Um, so barrel racing is a cloverleaf pattern, and basically the fastest time wins. So you run mm-hmm. around three barrels as fast as you can without tipping mm-hmm. one. When you tip one, it's a five-second penalty. So mm-hmm. you leave them all standing, get out the arena as fast as you can, and the fastest time wins. So you're going about 40, 50 miles an hour around these cans, doing sharp turns mm. at that. Wow. Right. All right. So that's that involves what skills does that if, if I'm somebody that's desirous of getting into that, what skills do I need to have? No fear. No fear. That's it. If you if you anybody can do barrel <laughs> racing as long as you don't fear to fall. Because you're going to fall a few times, especially mm. you've never ridden something, unless maybe a motorcycle, but you've never ridden mm. something that's between your legs that you have to trust mm-hmm. to get you and him home safe. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the partner bonding. So if you have fear, mm. horses can feel that anxiety. So I'm mm-hmm. scared. He's scared. Mm-hmm. Something bad going to happen in the arena. Yeah. So as long as you have that partnership with your horse and you're calm, you can practice all you want to. 
you're gonna get mm. it honestly mm. so it i tell people all the time just if you want to get into barrel racing leave the fear at the front door honestly <laughs> just come mm. in with open mind mm-hmm. all right awesome um tell us about what you're doing what uh what titles you hold now all right so as of october i am the 2023 miss rodeo michigan lady in waiting Mm. and the 2023 miss uh rodeo michigan lady in waiting is means what break it down to us Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. during queen's competitions you have your I wouldn't say lower levels, but you have your county levels, you have your um, city levels. Sometimes a lot of cities can have a different, you have rodeo levels, and then you have your professional level, which is state for PRCA, which is Mm. Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. And all the state level queens, you can only run one time. Mm -hmm. And you, you carry your queen title for that state for a whole year. And then at the end of the year, you go run for Miss Rodeo America, who is the late pretty much the first lady of the sport of rodeo professional rodeo okay. Okay. so i am miss rodeo michigan that means i represent michigan in the sport of rodeo the entire year of the mm-hmm. 2023 year and then mm-hmm. again in december in vegas on the national stage for miss rodeo america so that entire year i'm going around promoting my sponsors promoting the sport of rodeo and my platform of just mentoring, making mm-hmm. sure kids are able to do the same things that I do. That's my yeah. entire goal is just doing that as a state queen. You get volunteerism going around. You get your, to help your sponsors, make sure their business gets out there. And then you get to go visit your other sister queens. So I can go to different states. Like just this past weekend, I met the girl for Idaho that will be my sass sister for the 2023 year. So she'll be riding mm-hmm. from state to state along with me um, and a few other girls from different states, getting to tour the country for a whole year, going to different rodeos. The first thing I get to do um, in January is go to Denver and go skiing as a rodeo queen, the cowboy downhill. Wow. I get I get to go skiing in a cowboy hat and shaps and hoping I don't fall and split my pants pretty much. <laughs> but it's it's yeah. it's nice. What, uh, how many places has rodeo taken you like statewide, statewide? Um, I've been from Michigan all the way down to El Paso, Texas. And then a little bit east of there, New Mexico, Nevada. And then I, this is my first time on pretty much East Coast at this, as far as I am for Idaho. Mm-hmm. so in that yeah. little loop that's where i've been so hoping next year i can yeah. spread off and i'm not going to california where mm-hmm. that's a whole different story but <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're we're actually filming you from idaho what part of idaho um boy not boise uh shoshone okay so boise area awesome stuff my uh few more questions um what's next so you you you're getting these titles you're having much success you had one 
year where you ran and you didn't win, but ever since then you've been killing the game. What's next? Um, honestly, I don't know. I'm in that kind of phase of life to where it's like, do I want to go to vet school or do I want to travel the world? Because mm-hmm. I know I do. At the end of it all, I've been talking about being a stock contractor. So a stock contractor mm-hmm. is someone who brings the livestock, the cows, the bulls, everything to the rodeos and provide for the rodeos mm-hmm. to go on. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking about doing that because it's something that I'm really passionate about um, as far as mm-hmm. rodeo goes on. It keeps me involved in rodeo and it keeps mm-hmm. me involved in traveling the world. So that's one of the many aspects that I've been looking into gearing my life towards. Yeah. And then uh, in your bio, you also talked about the importance of educating the minority populated cities Yep, um, and diversifying education as well. So I, I think that's part of your vision mm-hmm. in the future as well just on a broader scale doing that along with whatever yep. you do professionally yep that that's always going to be a passion of mine no matter where I go it's it's somebody that I can tell about a story or say hey if you want to get into rodeo do it you want to go be a agriculturalist you want to go do be a scientist hey if I can talk to your parents and it's talking you to you into doing something like just let your kid explore honestly yeah yeah Yeah. i mean uh, i find you so interesting i'm i'm rooting for you i'm going to be following you and seeing what happens next uh the sky's the limit i feel um and i've asked all the easy questions now uh, i must get to the most difficult question that we ask each and every one of our guests to kind of close out the the episode are you ready Mm mm-hmm no fear no okay have you ever been on the cover of a magazine no Mm -hmm. have you ever had a desire you've been what i've been in a few but never on the cover okay the the ones that you've been in have they been rodeo related um yes most of all of them. And then the only one was Black Detroit Magazine. Okay. Do you have a desire to be to grace the cover of a magazine? I do. That that's one of one of the goals for next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think you beat next year. Um, one of the things that we do for each and every one of our guests is we place them on our magazine cover, the dripping and black magazine cover. Oh, nice. So we have the uh we have your cover for you my uh executive producer s squared sean smith is going to show you yours nice that's awesome (laughs) that's really awesome all right so that is your first magazine cover i don't care what happens next dripping in black is always the first cover that you've ever been on that is also a parting gift that we're going to send out to you at a not too long distance date um, as a thank you for coming out and sharing your story with us. Nice. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Any shout outs you want to give before we close out? Um. Yeah, quite a few. I want to thank all pretty much you for inviting me on this podcast. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my platforms to share with people what I do, honestly. Um, Great, great thing. 
honestly. Um, shout out to Miss Rodeo Michigan Association for allowing me to represent them for the next year. And I hope to make them everybody proud, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would be remiss not to say uh, S squared because S squared is the one that tracked you down and uh, did the heavy lifting. I just had to type in a few emails. So <laughs> shout out to S squared. And the pleasure is always all ours. So we thank Kalila Smith for joining us and sharing her story with us. And we want to remind our audience that the DIBK Drip Shop is open. Go to DIBKDripShop.com to cop the latest Dripping in Black merch, including the original Dripping in Black t-shirt that you see that I'm donning for today's episode. All right. Um, as always, a huge thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, and supporters, and subscribers. And until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice. We end 2022 with the Creator Strip episode with David V. Lewis and Sean Smith. Tune in as they give us a sneak peek into what we're dropping in 2023. have just experienced a Dripping in Black production. Enhance your business or brand by creating a podcast. A podcast can spread your product or expertise and passion to the world. A few benefits of podcasting are it builds a personal connection, increased traffic generation, and builds more brand authority. Dripping in Black Productions is equipped to manifest your vision to a viable tool for your business or brand. Anything from creating a sizzle reel or a full video audio production of your podcast, big or small, Dripping in Black Productions can support your needs. Contact us at www.dibkproductions.com for a free initial consultation. Synthesize thoughts and create masterpieces is the mantra of Dripping in Black Productions. And we don't stop. <laughs>